it in, looking for Garza, backside and in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Five Strike Final, the only highly distributed audio discussion discussing all things Atlanta United, the preview edition this time. I'm Jay Sam Jones from Dirty South Soccer. This show is sponsored by Dirty South Soccer. And Joe Patrick from Dirty South Soccer is with us. So, hey, Joe. Hey, are we getting anything from Dirty South Soccer for the sponsorship? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Nothing. We, we need to uh, talk to their people. You're their people. Well, this makes things complicated. It does. It's all your fault. That's normal. But that's okay. We're going to allow it. We're going to allow it because I'm in a good mood, dang it. I'm in a good mood. We're still what? We're, we're just three days removed from the Orlando shellacking, the brutal, just complete destruction of the purple jean short-wearing lions. I still feel good. Charge. Charge, y'all. Charge. It was a great game. Ah, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. I'm actually a little sick, but like spirits-wise, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Our audio may suck today, though, because I sound like death. But that's okay. We're going to fight through it. We're going to fight through it because we're excited about this one. This is, this is an interesting matchup we have going on Wednesday on July 4th, Independence Day, 8 p.m. Eastern Time start. This one will air on Fox Sports Southeast. Kevin Egan, Dan Gargan, and our good friend of the show, Jillian Sackovitz on the call there, or you can listen to it on the radio. If you're out listening to some fireworks, watching some fireworks, you can just turn on the radio next to you, listen to 92.9, catch Mike Conti, Jason Longshore on the call there. Big game, big Sam, game. I have, Go ahead. Go ahead. I, 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 I have something to announce. Oh, Jesus. Kevin Christ. Egan, friend of the show. Oh, that's true now. You guys had a whole heart to heart, didn't you? We did. We did. How'd that go? Oh, it was great. It was great. Um, he loves Atlanta United, as you can imagine. Um, yeah, yeah, it was great. Like you, you feel when after you talk to Kevin Egan, you feel like you need to go tell everyone and um, that you are fifteen pounds lighter and you can dunk a basketball. You know, he's a uh, quite the character. That's really impressive. I I made fun of you a little bit for being so excited about it because you, you would I, I, what i'm sure had literally <laughs> just gotten done talking to talk to martino who's yeah easily the most famous person either you or i will will ever talk <laughs> yeah. to barring a brief encounter with latin at the all-star game in a few weeks uh but no you were you were still really really excited about kevin egan so that's i'm glad i was i was i was i was i was glowing i was radiant about uh, after having sp- spoken to uh the great Kevin Egan. That's great. Well, so now we just now we just got to get Gargan in, and then we'll have the whole Fox Sports crew. That's true. That's true. We'll be friends with all of them. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Well, if Kevin Egan loves us half as much as he hates Thomas Rongan at this point, then we're doing <laughs> oh my all right. god, because he went. If you if anyone that. hasn't seen that, check out Sam's post the morning after the morning after or what whatever what, what the mama. I don't know. That's that's all I know it as. That's exactly it. Then you're good. It's in there. The clip is in there. Go check it out or just Google it. Be in Kevin Egan. I'm sure it will pop up. It is brutal. It's awesome. Rongan looks like such a dumbass in that. Like, so he always though, Kevin Egan goes on this very clear, well thought out uh, argument about, you know, why people are unfairly slating Lionel Messi. And Rongan just responds by yelling, but no goals in the knockout stage. Cool. Sounds ridiculous. 
It's a little silly. I called it beating an Alpharetta dad boss level, essentially, is what it is. You know, <laughs> yeah. like you had to work your way up to Thomas Rongen, and then, you know, you're in a brand new weapon or something like after that. But either way, Kevin Egan will be on the call for this one. This one again, eight o'clock. A big game down in Frisco, Texas. Yes, Frisco, uh, land of, um, I don't know. It, I always think Fritos. The soccer stadium. Yeah, I don't know why. I always see the same thing too, but it's not. It's not Fritos, Texas. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Frisco it's also not. Like it's that. also not San Francisco either. Right. No. It, it's somewhere outside Dallas. I don't know. Who cares? Either way, it's... we're playing FC Dallas. Dallas comes in to this one. Uh, in pretty good shape, y'all. They're a pretty good team. Well, it seems like it seems like I may. Are they? We, we may need to get. We're, we're we're testing out these drops that Joe Patrick has so graciously provided to us. We need a secret trash drop because much like I thought Portland was secret trash, I think Dallas might be secret secret trash. I think they really may be. It was a just banter. That may work. That may work. <laughs> uh, but I don't know if it's just banter. I think they're like literally like not. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we'll talk about it right now, though, in the actual standings, not the standings of my heart. They are tied for first in the Western Conference of Sporting Kansas City and actually have a game in hand on Sporting Kansas City. 32 points in 16 games for Oscar Perea's side on nine wins, five draws, and just two losses. Those two losses, uh, the least in MLS tied with, uh, yeah, I think they're actually leading MLS in that. They are on a two points per game pace. That ties them for second in MLS with New York Red Bulls just about us at 2.06 points per game. And they are undefeated at home this year in large part to their very solid defense. 17 goals allowed, second in MLS behind, again, New York Red Bulls, who are very, very good. I'm very frightened of them. They are not trash at all. New York Red Bulls are maybe, I don't know. Maybe better than us? My pick to win MLS Cup right now. Maybe not yeah. the Supporters' Shield, but MLS Cup for sure. Yeah, I, I could get on board with that prediction, actually. how much uh, Jesse Marsh stays. Uh, speaking mm-hmm. of Red Bulls, they recently took it to FC Dallas. Uh, this was two games ago for FC Dallas. D- New York scores first. I think Bradley Wright Phillips does his customary thing where he scores from like three feet away. And then after that, Red Bulls actually get a red card. I think Royer clatters into somebody and almost breaks his leg. I forget who it was for Dallas that got lucky to – get out of that one without a broken femur, uh, but gets a red card there. And you think at that point, Dallas being a team who looks really good in the stings right now would start to take over. Instead, New York Red Bulls take off on them. Even down to 10 men, they win that one 3-0, uh, which a very impressive win for New York Red Bulls. He continued to be scary. Dallas rebounds a little bit, though, last Friday and one nothing win. Up a little bit. In Minnesota. It was not it was- a great win at all. I was watching. <laughs> I was like, I was NAAV, uh, which means that I was somewhat incoherent, I guess, watching <laughs> this game. But at the same time, I could tell that Minnesota was getting a lot of chances against FC Dallas, and Dallas was lucky to come away with three points. Yeah, yeah. I was mainly just making a joke about Minnesota, but um, oh yeah, does it really yeah. Even count? Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, got to you got to respect Minnesota though, you know, for for putting up such a tough fight. In their home Always. stadium against FC Dallas. Um, respect. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the really the, the reason that they're good is because is the most obvious reason is because it's an even year. You know, they're they're just good every other year. That, that's all that's all you need to know about FC Dallas. 
Yeah, they have a good. Re- I should say they have a good record every other year. They may have actually been a better team last year than they are this year, but for whatever reason, they're getting results this year. What's fun about FC Dallas last year is they hit that midway point and completely mm-hmm. collapsed. One of the worst collapses in MLS history. I think it was. Were they in first place at one, like near I, midseason? I believe they were in first place at midseason yeah. before they fell off the the biggest of cliffs. Uh, and guess what? They're they're meeting the halfway point of their season right now as they get us. So if they could start that up, maybe a game early this time, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, that'd be and nice. Well might because again, we may be looking at the most secret of secret trash in MLS right now, and it's not going to get better because they've lost their best player. Yeah, Mauro Diaz. He's um, one of the best players in MLS. Over, you know, when he's fully healthy and 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 um, in form, there's no one scarier. Really, he's like a. It's funny. He doesn't score a ton, but he assists a ton. Like, un, like an unbelievable assist rate. Um, very diminutive. He's an Argentine. Tata and Martino would know him from when Mauro Diaz was at River Plate. Um, but you know. Looks like he's going to be off to the UAE or somewhere somewhere in Saudi Arabia, um, going for a payday, I guess. That's exactly it. Mara Diaz is officially on his way to the United Arab Emirates, and the team is called Shabab Al Ali Dubai FC. There you go. Of the UAE Arabian Gulf League. Uh, Come on, you Shababs. Who knows? <laughs> yes. Who knows? Uh, apparently, they, of course, it's the UAE. So a lot of money being thrown around. Dallas did not want to give him up. They've said this publicly. They did not want to let him go. But they called it a life-changing amount of money for Diaz <laughs> and his family. And they An were not offer they couldn't able refuse. to stand in the way. Yes. Uh, not sure the Every... transfer fee. We may never be. But yeah. at least on Diaz's end, this sounds like the right move for him. Well, just goes to show there's a price for every player. Yes, very much so. It, not even I'm not just talking MLS. Them. I'm talking there's a price for every single player. So, True. do you want to dig into these metrics a little bit? Because kind of talk about how they they may be a poser. I do. I do want to mention real quick just about Diaz's impact and what they are losing. Okay. With yeah. this, uh, two goals, five assists on the year for Diaz, eight. Hockey assist, if you're counting that. So he's second in hockey assist in MLS because MLS counts those weird uh, balls in before mm-hmm. the actual assist. Mm-hmm. So he, he's he's been creating a lot of chances. That's only in nine starts. So he, he has not played a full slate at all and still very much near the top. And at that point, now that he's gone, it's going to be interesting to see what exactly they do to replace him. And we'll get into that in a little bit, but still a very big loss for a team. The Joe Patrick. Getting into the metrics, maybe secret, secret trash. So coming in to this one, a plus eight goal differential overall for FC Dallas. That's not metrics. That is just their actual goal differential. 25 goals, 17 goals allowed. Again, that's second in MLS as far as goals allowed goal go. But looking at their XG, looking at their expected goals allowed, which Joe Patrick is put simply how many goals they would be expected to give up from your random average MLS, not even MLS, just your random average soccer player. Yes. Having the same chances how many, as, as yeah. they've allowed. So yeah. the chances they've allowed have shown them to be a team that's 
not as exactly defensively proficient as their actual goals allowed may show them to be. They're coming in 24.8 expected goals allowed on the season. Again, their actual goals allowed is 16. That is a huge split. That's almost a nine-goal difference between their expected goals allowed and their goals allowed. That is by far the most in MLS. They have not been a team, based on their chances, that's been the second-best defensive team in the league. Not at all. They are really good at like maybe like making farting noises while somebody's shooting so that they they miss or something like. I don't know how to explain that. It's an an absurd. Um, You know, like it's one thing to say a team over like finishes better than they should given the the expected chances. So like Atlanta United last year um, scored way more actual goals than than their chances would have would have said they would and. Um, I think you can actually reason that out, you know, that, that you can kind of maybe whether right or wrong, you can kind of figure out ways or reasons why that may have ha- happened. It's really hard to explain why te- other teams, just every other team they play does not finish well against them, but that's what's happening. Yeah. I mean, and this is kind of one of those base kind of things you look at and go, Oh, they're, they're getting a little lucky. It's the only kind of thing you can explain it with, and it's yeah. I mean, I can't. Yeah, I can't explain it. It's random variance, and it's going to correct itself. And when it corrects itself, they may be in for another big collapse, like they had last year. And losing your best attacking player is not going to help you keep up with all those goals you're about to start allowing. If things do come to, which which I imagine they will at some point. The question is, is it going to come to against us? Um, Who knows. Who knows? The funny thing is, I've I've heard from people that this this iteration of FC Dallas is a much more defensive version than we've seen in the past from them. Normally, they're kind of on the forefront of MLS in terms of being like a more attacking team, um, and so maybe that has something to do. I'm not sure like what formations they're routinely playing. Um, I think they've played a little bit of three at the back this year, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I obviously it's impossible to explain if that's the reason why they're. Um, you know, they have this this differential with the expected goals versus the goals they've actually allowed. But um, yeah, I mean, I think we've I, I think we've seen it with teams that play super low blocks in that um, you give the, the opponent a lot of chances and those chances will add up into a large amount of expected goals. Um, but in reality, they're pretty they're all pretty, you know, insignificant or, you know, low value chances. So um yeah, maybe that's a reason. Maybe they're playing deeper. Um, it's hard to say. Yeah, he really knows. They have done a nice job this year, and this was mentioned uh, by the folks over at Big D Blog, the, the SB Nation blog for FC Dallas, uh, as our own Harris Kriskich interviewed them. They said that one of the things that's kept them able to be so proficient defensively this year is that Oscar Pereja has been able to throw a lot of different looks at people and looking at the formations they've set up and they have set up in that back three before they've gone four, four, two, they've gone four, three, three, and they've gone four, two, three, one. Most of the time they're sitting in that four, two, three, one, but they're throwing a lot of different looks and a lot of different rotation kind of players coming in and out. And so they're able to adjust pretty often, uh, especially with regards to which team they're playing. So they've been able to do a nice job of, of adjusting tactically to whatever team they're coming up against. And I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. I think we've seen that with, uh, even with Atlanta's, you know, or Tata Martino's Atlanta side, I think the more you kind of become ingrained with, um, the, 
the ethos of the coach, um, the easier it is to kind of be more tactically fluid. So, um, and the more you can do that, you know, that's kind of, that's the way the modern game is going is to be able to adapt to different situations. So um, Oscar Prihas, you know, has one of the more regimented or, you know, um, just like deeply instilled playing philosophies in the league. And so, you know, that allows him to kind of, change things up a bit and he, he's had this program in place for a long time. So it, it really helps that team um, to be able to switch from, from formation to formation, throw teams off guard. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're also, they're getting a boost defensively in this one. They did not have in the last game. They did not have Rito Ziegler. Who's been one of their main guys at center back this year, along with Matt Hedges at center back. They're also really impressed with a kid name. And I swear this is his real name. Reggie Cannon, uh, which sounds much more like an action star, like a really cheesy like <laughs> yeah. 80s action star than a fullback for FC Dallas and MLS. <laughs> uh, but they've really liked what he's brought to the table as well. Uh, so well, it's interesting that you bring pieces. up the center backs. Yeah, Tata um, in his in his uh, press conference today at training, he he specifically called out the the center backs as um, the, one of the strengths of the team. Um, both the center back, he called out the center backs and then also Maxi Rudy, who is their, their starting striker, who he also knows from, from playing in Argentina. So, um, yeah, the, the center backs have, uh, apparently have been, uh, been crucial to Dallas's success this year. Yeah. And you're also talking about Rudy, uh, six goals, one assist as a striker for him on the year. The, the actual leader for Dallas, as far as from an offensive standpoint goes, um, even I think even including Diaz in this equation this year has been Roland Lama, uh, left winger, seven goals, four assists. He's 30 years old. It's his first year in MLS after coming from some impossible to pronounce team in Hungary, uh, <laughs> Belgian international, but seven, like I said, seven goals, four assists. He's been really, really solid on that left wing. And they've also at points paired him up with Yerudi up top in a three, five, two. Uh, so versatile to say the least. Um, and getting a lot of stuff done for FC Dallas. He's going to be one to watch out for as well going forward. I get, totes. Totes. totes my goats. I think the question is, too, with Diaz officially out, what, where do they go at yeah. this point? And it looks like they're going to have to hashtag play the kids. It's either going to be a kid, a homegrown, an 18-year-old homegrown named Paxton Pomacall, I think. Who knows? Mm-hmm. P O M Y K A L. Fans have been apparently. There's a whole hashtag and everything to get this kid out on the field. Hashtag free Paxi uh, to get him yeah. out on the field, and he he may be the replacement for Diaz. They also may bring in uh, the young defensive player Santiago Mascara, who Big D Blog seem to be really high on. They may move him centrally. He does have some experience there. Yeah, I remember I watched uh, Pomacall play uh, against Atlanta United's U17s, I want to say, uh, last year in the uh, one of the youth cups. The uh, one of the I don't know if it's run by MLS or not, but anyway, um, yeah, Atlanta United actually won that game with like Carlton, Zion Jones, all those guys, um, and Goslin. Um, they won this U17 cup, but yeah, they were playing against FC Dallas in the final and, uh, Palm call really stood out. I mean, they, Dallas has a, Dallas has a great youth setup, and that's, what's kept, um, them basically 
consistently, you know, maybe not the best team in, in the league, but up there, you know, like always a playoff contending team, even though they don't spend a ton of money, it's because they've got this great youth, youth set up uh, in place. And, you know, it helps a lot to be able to have the, a, a, a guy like Palm call, um, ready to come off the bench and, you know, maybe, maybe they don't go with him, but just the fact that he's there and kind of ready to step in, um, that's kind of how you keep continuity in a program. So, um, I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned there, you know, with Atlanta United, um, you know, maybe someday, possibly who knows if we ever sell, uh, Miguel Almiron, um, which I'm obviously joking. He's, we're definitely selling him soon. Um, you know, it helps to have a guy like, uh, Andrew Carlton there who can kind of just be like, a. Maybe he's the answer, but yeah, maybe he's the answer, but you can at least see. And then, yeah, he's definitely at least good enough to, you know, fill a, fill a role in the squad. And then, um, you can kind of determine, um, if he's the answer or not, but, um, yeah, yeah. They, they've got a great youth program. They've got a ton of good, good youth academy. They're always like in the final four in those tournaments. Yeah. We'll see if it helps them this time. I don't know, man. I don't know. I Secret, secret trash is, is all I keep coming back to. Uh, that record's a little too good for my liking, especially with, with what the metrics are saying about them. Be interesting. Be interesting. Yeah. Uh, from our perspective, Joe Patrick, you, you you approach this the same way you do Orlando, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't... Tata seems to run the team at, like, a meritocracy. You know, like, if you're playing well, you're going to be in the team. Um and I just don't see, I don't see, like, if we're talking about the starting lineup, I don't see any changes happening. Um, I don't see why, unless there was some sort of injury or something like that, but there isn't, um, according to him. In fact, we're healthier this week than we were or for this game than we were for the last game with Chris McCann back. Chris back yeah. um, but I don't think you insert him into the starting lineup right away. Um, can't see any changes. And I think you just try to keep going with, with what's been working. I mean, I have heard some people kind of mention uh, or or think we might go back to a three five two since it is a game on the road, um, and that was you know kind of a working theory that you know I I had along with several other people is that maybe you uh, play the four two three one high press attack um, at in the home games and then when you go on the road you play the three five two you play a little more conservative you play a little more without the ball and uh, and see if you can kind of grind out results on the road. But I don't know. I, I can't. It's it's hard to imagine us now doing that after seeing it work so well. What do you think? Yeah, this isn't this isn't a game. I don't think where you go conservatively. I don't think you sit back and wait for them to, you know, somehow sneak a goal in from Yerudi or or Lama and, and let them sit back the rest of the game and bang out a one nothing win. I think you got to take it to them a little bit. And I think it'd be uh, somewhat somewhat of a bad idea to just kind of sit back and, and play three, five, two and, and try to change things up. I, I think Tata feels we talked about it a ton. feels way more comfortable four, two, three, one, four, three, three, whatever you want to call it. And that's just what it's going to be likely going forward. And I think a team that's going to be as defensive as Dallas, I think you go ahead and try to beat them off the pitch. I totally agree. Well, and I think especially, especially without their, their big playmaker, I think that gives you even more reason to want to dominate the ball, suffocate them. It's like, to me, it reminds me of um, like when you're a little kid in baseball and there's a pitcher who can throw heat and, and the pitcher knows that the batters can't 
hit his heat or that a certain batter can't can't hit his fastball, there's no reason to throw anything else, right? There's no reason to even change it up because you just know you have this thing that works. And to me, with Dallas without an attacking this attacking player in Mauro Diaz, I feel like the more you can just cut them off and keep them pinned in, um, there's no reason to give them space to move up the field. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no reason to allow them to be on the ball and to possibly create, you know, chances through, you know, crosses or whatnot. I mean, I'm sure that will end up happening anyway, but um, I just don't think you give them any sort of advantage. I think you want to try to like step on their throat a little bit and just completely suffocate them and, and deprive them of the ball. If they can come out of this one with a win and even just a point, looking back at the beginning of this five game stretch, I think I've, preached on so much about this being the most difficult five game stretch we may we are easily going to have the rest of the year and maybe the most difficult five game stretch of the entire year uh mm-hmm. you look at nycfc on the road columbus on the road portland at home orlando at home and then on the road against fc dallas there's the potential for grabbing 11 points out of those five games and that's unreal that is just i would have taken that in a heartbeat compared with so many other options just to have yeah, I mean, points against these five teams. That would be, that would be basically a little bit above our season average. Um, and you're talking about taking that many points per game against five of the best teams in the league or the, the toughest five game stretch you're going to face in the season. So yeah, that that's incredible because you're probably going to take more points than that during the easy games. And the easy games are coming. The easier games are coming. Oh, charge. Yep, charge on to the easy games. Can't wait for those um, easy games. Ah, going to be so good. So eight of our last <laughs> 11 games, Joe Patrick, have been against teams that would, if the season ended today, they'd be in a playoff spot. So eight of our last 11. Um, the two, the, the three that weren't, you had two against Orlando and then one against Montreal, who's starting to streak a little bit. So mm-hmm. it, it's been a ridiculous stretch. But check this out. The final 15 games after we get past Dallas, uh, just five teams are currently in playoff spots. Only two of those teams would host a first-round game if the season ended today. So only two teams are fourth in their conference or higher uh, the rest of the way. So even just with what we've had over the past four games, making it through that with however many points we've ended up with, eight points I guess now, if we can take it to Dallas, we have set ourselves up for an extremely special run and i'm not gonna jinx anything but man it's really yeah. getting hard not to think about us as supporter shield winners is that scary yeah. that feels yeah. scary i don't know why supporter, i said that i just jinxed supporter it. shoot can I, I i'll take it a step further and say mls regular season record amounts of points gained yeah because toronto set that last year at 69 and i think there's every every we could we could get to 70 I could totally see it. Absolutely. I mean, we're, I mean, we're, we're above that pace, that right, pace now. right now. And, and we've played like a very said, difficult schedule so far. Absolutely. It's only going to get easier. And the team seems to be healthy and everything kind of seems to, well, excluding, uh, of course, Nagby going to be out for a little bit. And of course the great guards, thing, but Ambrose has stepped in well there. I think Nagby's the, the bigger loss, but I'm knocking on wood, by the way, while right. you're saying <laughs> It's hard not to feel good, man. It's hard not to feel good. And that's scary. Yeah, I don't Mikey's know like a it. Boy Scout in the sense that he's always prepared. <sighs> Mikey, I'm just not prepared, man. <laughs> I'm just not prepared. I'm not prepared to feel optimistic 
Nike's prepared to win a damn supporter shield. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> hey, if England can win a penalty shootout, an Atlanta team can win a goddamn <laughs> championship. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Wow, maybe, maybe 2018 is the year everything changes. I've been saying the entire tournament that England is Atlanta. So if England can overcome <laughs> their demons, why not us? Why not us? It's kind of how the cookie crumbles sometimes. Jeff, you're exactly right, man. Sometimes the cookie crumbles, and most of the times that those crumbles are going to be difficult and hard to clean up, but sometimes those <laughs> those cookies are going to crumble right like onto a nice baking pan or something. You're just going to have more cookie to eat, and it's going to be great. Mm. It's going to be great, Jeff. going to be great. You know what else is great, so, Patrick? Is there anything? Go, what? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, is, is there anything else we need to talk about in terms of what we're going to do? I feel like, I mean, we didn't really talk about us much, but I just feel like that's because it feels obvious. It's, yeah, yeah, it, it does. It does. It feels obvious. Okay. It may that's be all, that's all I was a boring it, 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 show for, from now on as far as what right. we're going to do, because we may have we may not change the lineup for the next, uh, you know, three months, four months. Yeah, year. I, I will just say I think if if you're just looking for you know something to keep an eye out for, I just think that for us getting the early goals this season is going to be so important because we've seen it now from many many teams. They're just want to sit back, play a very low block against us, and if we don't break that early, it becomes very difficult. The situation becomes difficult to manage, and. I just think it's very important that we score like, you know, in the first, you know, first half of the first half. So um, I think that would be something to kind of, you know, keep an eye on if, if we're not there, things could get hairy, especially in oh, another thing to talk about um, is the damn heat. And I guess I'll, this just leads me right into my reason that I hate uh, FC Dallas is that it's too damn hot there. It's going to be like 100 degrees that day. Um, obviously, like it, the temperature has to cool so that they can start the game. Like there's like I think in the collective bargaining agreement, there's a there's a rule that states it has to be at least at a certain temperature um, for a game to start. And there's definitely going to be water breaks. Um, but Texas just sucks. Like it, there, if you watch on TV, there are there the fans like don't even sit on one side of the stadium because it's in the sun. It's just like they're skin would melt onto the middle bleachers if they were to sit over there. So um, it's just, yeah, it's really hot. I feel like it's going, that's going to be something that, you know, it's going to be, I think it's going to be difficult for Atlanta. Um, we haven't played in this kind of heat this season. Probably the hottest, one of the hotter games was probably Have New York city. Have we gotten you a weather drop yet? <laughs> no. Joe Patrick we, weather drop. we need some kind of like weather we do thing. we do there we, is a front moving in to that. in front of the green screen at this point <laughs> honestly no patrick and the weather goes together like the barometric pressure is all over the place in frisco right now so no but i think that it's going to be difficult i think that i i could totally see us kind of bunkering in in the second half when the heat gets to us and we're going to be super tired hey if we're up early i'm fine with it I'm yeah, I think that's the key. I think the game plan is to get a lead at halftime and then bunker. Kind of like what we we did when we played at um in the LA Galaxy and I think there was like one other team where we or probably more more than one other team that we've uh, used that strategy pretty effectively. Yeah. Orlando, I do want to correct myself real quick while I'm thinking about it. Sure. I said that there may not be any lineup changes for a while. I forgot about Thickfielder. And that's that's oh, on me yeah. to forget yeah. about Thickfielder at Grimetti. Totally. Uh, who yeah. will definitely slide into the lineup at some point here, but we're not worried about that right now. Well, I guess it's only a week from now, to be honest, but uh, <laughs> that'll, come. that'll come when it comes. Um, I do want to mention that as long as we get Joseph Martinez the ball, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. 
uh, especially if he can put the ball in the back of the net, which he's pretty good at. Um, all time, I did want to drop the stat in here. All time, Atlanta is 18-0-4 when Joseph Martinez scores a goal. There you go. Get That's Joseph pretty good. Get some wins. Get some points. Do it. It's kind of how Do the it. cookie crumbles sometimes. Sometimes the cookie crumbles and Joseph Martinez takes over cookies and, and points at you and laughs. He's a bully. His celebration was awesome. Board. His goal celebration. The one where he just shrugged? <laughs> he just kind of like got up, walked away. He he pounded the, the crest on his shirt, on his chest. It was great. He's a beautiful man. <clears throat> beautiful man. Joe Patrick, let's go ahead and get out of here. But before we do that, give us a reason. Wait, did we already do this? Well, no, I, I gave mine. What's your reason to hate? Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> My reason to hate, and I, I'm really glad I have this platform to, to preach on this <laughs> because it's one of the most fascinating things I have ever come across in any team's lore and anything I've ever written while, while researching a team. It's just extremely, extremely interesting to me. The legend of Tex Hooper. Now, now Tex Hooper, let's talk about Tex Hooper. Tex Hooper in one world is the FC Dallas mascot. Mm-hmm. They, they go, their nickname is the hoops. They have I just some, looked him up. They have some hoops going around their, their shirts, I guess is, is what they call it. Like we're the five stripes. They're the hoops. Um, Tex Hooper is their mascot. Tex Hooper is like a bull thing. One of the, like a, like a anthropomorphic bull. Now, not super weird to have a strange, horrifying mascot. That's definitely, you know, it is terrifying murder in front of them. Um, Tex Hooper, the name comes from a Norm McDonald bit. Are you aware of Norm McDonald? I am very aware of Norm McDonald, but I've never heard the bit. Ah, okay. That's because no one really has. You know, I think if they had, they'd be really questioning some things, like I am right now. Anyways, <laughs> Norm McDonald, comedian, was on SNL for a real long time, has been in other things, has also put out. Uh, albums of sorts some, some stand up this album in particular though is an album of songs he has created and one of his songs is a country ballad about a country singer whose name is in fact tex hooper now what's interesting about tex hooper is that tex is a closeted man and that is what the whole song is about. There's lots of innuendos with regard to Mr. Hooper's sexuality. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. It's not particularly funny. It's not a great bit at all. But how FC Dallas, the MLS <laughs> soccer team, ended up with the mascot named after such a bit and character is genuinely one of the most confusing things I've ever experienced in my entire life. That's crazy. <laughs> I wish I'd heard the song or or uh, could see the lyrics. I'm, I'm trying to look them up right now. Totally I can't find not them. worth your time. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah. Is there any it, like where did he get Tex Hooper from? Did he make so did he make uh, this up? I, I think he absolutely made this up. Like this is you know, not a to be fair. The only thing I see uh, for Tex Hooper when I Google it is the FC Dallas mascot and Norm McDonald. So, right, and it's really, I just don't. I'm, mm, I have so many questions, y'all. <laughs> I have so many questions. 
it's um to be fair to norm mcdonald it's all in the delivery his jokes are all in the delivery it is it is but i'm a big fan of his his moth joke for one but i I don't know i was i was going to tell everybody to go out and google the moth joke because it's probably one of the best jokes i've ever heard the tech super joke is is not incredible okay and for some reason it has turned into a large person in a bull mascot well, you I'll just vouched for your Norm Macdonald credibility by by mentioning the moth joke, so I tr- so I oh. totally trust you on this. Thank you, thank you. I do what I can. I do what I can. <laughs> Someone find me an answer to Tech Super, God dang it, and at me, at me. Anyway, let's move on to our predictions for this one, Joe Patrick. Give us a score. I'm going with a one-one. I think we will get a first half goal. I think we'll concede in the second half in the Heat, and it'll be a pretty sloppy, pretty ugly game. I think it's an ugly 2-1. I'm not saying it's a pretty 2-1, but I think we win Four? this one, Joe Patrick. For Atlanta. For Atlanta. Okay. Atlanta. I think Atlanta wins. I think we move on. I think Atlanta moves on to... Go, go win a few trophies. I hate these drops. Just go, let's, go, let's go win some things. Let's go win. Yeah. And then rub it in Tex Hooper's stupid face. <laughs> Deal. The hoops don't even go all the way around. It's just, they only go across the front. They're just stripes. Oh, they're not hoops. Oh, my God. They're so stupid. Dumb. Dumb FC Dallas. All FC right. Dummies. Let's, Let's get out of here. For sure. Now I'm, now I'm just mad thinking about this. God dang it. All right. That'll wrap it up. Again, 8 p.m. Eastern start time for this one. That is on July 4th. Uh, maybe go spend some time with your family before you go away for two hours to – go watch this game uh i don't i'm not really near any family so i'm gonna be by myself all day uh so i'm gonna watch all of this but you guys go you guys go find some loved ones and go hang out and enjoy some fireworks and hot dogs and whatnot deal deal we'll have the recap for you anyway that's all you need to hear yeah we will we will we will we will all right better wrap it up five stripes fc dallas tomorrow eight o'clock Bye, all. Bye. It was just banter.